Hello everyone and happy Friday for those that are joining us live for this fifth in a monthly series, The Dan Assel Show in partnership with trade show audience engagement experts, Expo Stars. So thanks for watching um, today and it is Friday the 29th of July, one o'clock in the UK. And also thanks for watching and listening on demand. I do add these um, special broadcasts to Spotify and YouTube and Apple Podcasts and whatever you uh, interact with all your good content. So each month I'm joined by the MD of Expo Stars, uh, Lee Alley, and we're going to be discussing topics related to successful trade show engagement for exhibitors. So I'm going to bring on the man himself, Mr. Ali. How are you? Hi, Dan. Great to see you again. Yes, I'm very good. Thank you. Been a busy week at Expo Stars HQ as always. As always, you can tell us all about it in a minute. I'm sure that's, that's very exciting. So um, I should say that if you have any comments, if you are watching live on this relatively sunny afternoon, I don't know what it's like up north, but in uh, in North London, it's quite nice. Uh, then please put them in the in the comments, um, in the LinkedIn comments section, and we will do our best to answer them. So, Lee, you were in Las Vegas. Before we get into talk about what we're going to talk about today, last month. And it wasn't you on uh, a jolly. Well, I'm sure there was a little bit of that going on. Um, <laughs> what were you doing? You went to Exhibit Alive, I think. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I was at Exhibit Alive. Uh, it's one of my favourite shows of the year. Um, yeah. And I got to deliver a couple of workshops. Uh, one was all about remote exhibiting, uh, how you can exhibit overseas without being there, which was uh, really yeah. fascinating. Um, and then the other one how was how to boost um, or improve your staff productivity um, on the booth. Um, so how to get uh, your booth staffing to be more effective and, um, you know, how to kick their ass and uh, get them to do more. <laughs> yeah, which we covered, I think, in the last show, actually. Yeah, we covered that in the last show. So um, I was able to deliver that and then obviously had uh, some uh, great meetings with um, a lot of the vendors and uh, yeah. yeah, it was a really good show and got to see some of my old uh, uh, friends from the uh, from the other side of the pond as right. well. So. so enough of that. What, what else did you do in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have much, but obviously as an MD, you've got obviously a business to run and yeah. you've got the different time zones. And because I'd actually been to, um, uh, Malaysia and Indonesia um, uh, a couple of weeks beforehand as well. I didn't even know what time zone I was in, so it was kind of a crazy, uh, crazy week. You, you are such, you are such a jet setter. And I've actually got someone that you met in Vegas has just commented. Yeah, uh, a Bob Oku. Good morning from Los Angeles. He met yeah. me in Vegas. Yes, so yes. Bob, I think we should have Bob on to actually tell us the real story of what the two of you got up to in Vegas, which yeah. is possibly more exciting than what we're going to talk about. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Bob actually gave me the best thing that I actually got from the show. And um, his is a very interesting product. And uh, he does yeah. business cards that okay. can double up as a cleaner for your... Uh, screens for your mobile screen or for your laptop screens yeah. so very interesting concept and i'm That's going to do a post on that business what's it yeah. called what's the product called you know or not or bob would tell us 
Uh, Bob, Bob will tell you, comment. I'm sure you will. He can do a better job right. than I can. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to move on. We're going to move on from your, your business stroke personal travels. And we're going to talk about trade show, and got, uh, trade show engagement optimization, or as you have coined, TEO. Now, for the yeah. people that didn't listen to the first four episodes, God knows what they were doing. Can you bring to life what TEO means? And can you go through, because you've got five pillars, of which we're going to talk about the fifth today. Yeah. Just bring that to life again, please. Yeah. So TEO is a framework uh, that I've developed looking at the key pillars uh, that allow exhibitors to achieve trade show success. So uh, the first one is aligning uh, the strategy uh, with the exhibition um, planning. Uh, so looking at uh, your business growth strategy and how exhibitions fits into that. And um, then the second one is looking at your customer journey, your attendee journey. How does that look like from saying hello all the way to signing on the dotted line as a customer? Uh, the third element is looking at um, selecting the right people uh, for your booth and upskilling them. Uh, in terms of engaging uh, with the attendees, doing uh, the product demonstrations and obviously collecting the right information. Uh, and then obviously you've got your uh, key performance indicators, your KPI measurement. Uh, so yeah. what are the key things that you need to measure uh, to determine whether the show was a success or a failure? And then obviously you've got your follow-up process, which we're going to talk about today, uh, looking at, you know, where, what do you do after... Um, um you know you've um taken down uh all of the stand yeah. and you walk away and go back to your office so i know what most thing? people do most people go to the pub but that's yeah. not part of your strategy <laughs> <laughs> actually it could be could be if you've had a look at your kpis you could always go to the pub and bury your head in the sand <laughs> or in the beer <laughs> or if you're on the beach you could do it literally so listen we digress yeah. We have a few people watching. So say hello, everyone that's watching. It'd be nice. And um, for those that were listening at the beginning, Bob's company is, I can't even pronounce it, Fibre Cards. Fibre Fiber Cards, yes. Fiber. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Good plug there. Right. So we're going to talk about the fifth pillar, the follow-up process after the exhibition. Yeah. And we've all seen stats flying around about... Um, the amount of leads that people get and the ones that aren't followed up and it's you know those people that like exhibitions possibly say the stats are quite good and those that run it say they're good and others say they're not good talk to me about the the uh, disinformation that might be out in the market about lead follow-up or as uh, donald trump might say fake news <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is it is there's this um statistic that is out that is commonly used everywhere and that is that between 70 to 80 percent of leads are never followed up after a trade show and i as a preparation for this um uh talk today i did some research um looking at where this statistic actually came from and I actually found an article from my good friend, uh, Travis Stanton, who's the uh, publisher of Exhibitor Magazine. And he yeah. did an article back in 2010 that actually looked at this myth. And um, the statistic is commonly attributed to CEIR, which is the Center for Exhibition Industry Research. But yeah. in this article, uh, Travis mentions that 
when he approached CEIR to ask them about this research, they didn't actually know anything about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so what's the phrase? Did, noise, lies, and damn statistics. Yeah, I think Disraeli's yeah, yeah damn statistics and all yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so, in this article, what he did was uh, they actually did some um, uh, research, which was sponsored by a company called Lynch Exhibits and InfoMed uh, Corp. And they actually tested this um, uh, myth. Um, mm -hmm. But what they found was that um, less than 70% uh, of companies have actually any formalized plan or process to oh, actually okay. follow up leads, okay? And right. there isn't really, I couldn't find anywhere uh, where it statistically proves that 70 or 80% of leads sure. uh, are actually not followed up. Um, so uh, I think, a better statistic is to look at um, how many um, companies actually follow up after the first uh, email to thank people for yeah. coming onto the show. Okay, I think with the onset all of this fantastic software that we have, like HubSpot, like Captello, like all the other lead capture software, yeah. it's so easy now to capture the lead and send that thank you email straight away. But I think what would be interesting is if anyone wants to do some research out there is to look at how many touch points um, do people give up um, after the event, after the initial contact. So um, I know from my own personal experience when I've done exhibitions um, that we've sent out the thank you email. Um, yeah. And then it's been quite challenging because to come back and then you get back to in terms of catching up with your day to day work, it can be quite difficult to actually start making those calls and so on. So yeah. um, I think that is probably a better uh, yardstick to measure uh, the follow up process yeah. by. Yeah. And also, I guess, and we spoke about it in previous ep episodes, you know, if you've done your um, your booth strategy right. And you've captured the right leads rather than just scanning everyone's badges. It's even yeah. more important to follow up because hopefully they're proper prospects, right? Because you've actually yeah, gone through absolutely, yeah. the proper process. Now, talk about the key stages of the follow up process. You just referenced there. You know, you send an email. Yeah. Um, what 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 would you list as the as the key stages of the follow up process? You know, would it always be sending an email? Would it be something else? What 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 are the other ways? The other methods? I think the process starts um, actually at the show when you actually collect the data. Okay. Um, and the first step is uh, to actually uh, ask uh, the prospect how they actually want to be followed up. Uh, I think that is quite key uh, because sense. then you, you're getting their permission uh, and you're bridging that gap then uh, between that conversation uh, and the conversation that's going to follow after the event. And you're also setting the expectation that uh, uh, you are going to follow up uh, with some information. So I think that's quite key. Uh, and then um, give them um, something to do uh, between uh, collecting the data, saying goodbye at the trade show uh, yeah. to the initial contact. So when you send that email, uh, have some kind of 
challenge, okay, get them uh, to do some homework, get them to think about some of their business challenges, okay, yeah. and how businesses can actually do that is by sometimes uh, creating like an assessment or a scorecard that's actually based on a business challenge, okay, so if you when you send that email, and let's say in the qualification process, you've actually identified one or two challenges uh, that that prospect is actually having in their business. Yeah. So why not give them something to do uh, on that uh, first email? So that it's actually at the top of their mind uh, when you're actually doing that follow up. OK, yeah, that's so, a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. And also, I guess if you're on the stand, you yeah. know, people want to be followed up. There's no harm clearly in diarising that at the time yeah. you know sometimes, yeah. sometimes we get scared you know fearful well actually it's enough i've taken their details they said there's interest i said i'll follow up but actually we don't agree a time and a date put it in a diary they're there everyone's got an electronic device. absolutely yeah i mean that's um, that's I'm key if they are qualified and yeah. you know that they actually have a need you've clearly identified the need um and you know that you can actually help them uh, why not get a date in the diary everybody has a calendar on their mobile phone um you have uh, access to a uh, your linkedin okay get yeah. them uh, connected to you um agree a time and date to follow up as well and you know there's no time such as the present time to uh, take that action and um, get yeah. them uh, get them to commit uh, to a follow-up uh, um uh, call or uh you know event or something like that yeah or demonstration depending on the product yeah, absolutely, or the yeah, absolutely, you're offering. Yeah. and so you spoke about one of the key stages actually being at the exhibition or and or maybe directly after um what what else in terms of the sort of timeline of the follow-up what, what other sort of advice and best practices have you seen yeah i think uh the follow-up the best practice is to follow up within 48 hours um um, the other best practice is that look at how qualified that lead is. Okay. So a lot mm. of companies, for example, they scan badges, okay. Or they have the old, um, fishbowl approach of putting the business cards in a, yeah. you know, in a fishbowl. So you don't know who's who, okay. And yeah. they're not qualified or anything like that. So obviously you're gonna, um, not have the same impact in the follow-up if you're just um following people up randomly okay and you don't know what the conversation was about and they've just dropped it in so they i would actually get those and put them into a marketing funnel and they don't actually need such a personal follow-up because the personal follow-up will just be like a a cold call all right yeah, yeah. um so it's to so a key uh thing that you know all business need to do is uh, identify what are the best sales qualified leads and what are the marketing qualified leads and actually segment uh, okay. the two um, after the event okay yeah. because both of them will need uh, different approaches and different kinds of follow-up as well can you for those that aren't initiated in this area could you explain the difference between a sales and a marketing qualified lead that's a big mug you've got there that almost it is <laughs> <laughs> it is it is thanks to the team at Expo stars that was my yeah. birthday present yeah. yeah not not that you're a bit narcissistic but you've got a mug no no absolutely box, not covers your no. face oh yeah um yeah. can you explain the differences between sales and marketing qualified yeah lead? so a sales qualified lead is 
something where you've identified that they are the decision maker, uh, they have the authority to make the decision, uh, they have a need, okay, and there's a time frame as well. It's called the BANT system. I think it was coined by um, IBM back in the 70s. Um, right. So uh, it's buying authority, um, needs and time frames. Once you've got those information, uh, um, once you've got those details, uh, they become a sales qualified lead because you've identified that they're a real prospect that you can actually have an opportunity to do business with or to pitch to. Um, and then a marketing qualified lead is somewhere, someone who's expressed an interest in receiving maybe um, a PDF, uh, yeah. an ebook, uh, or they've just left their details, um, you know, sure. uh, for the newsletter or something like that. So that is a marketing qualified lead. So, um, and that usually is what, um, typically the websites are, um, you know, a lot of the um, web-based uh, companies actually use, okay, marketing qualified leads. Yes, yeah, so if you're downloading a, yeah. a white paper or another piece yeah, of content. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they haven't actually expressed an interest in the product, but they've come to the website. Yeah. You've got a thought yeah. leadership piece. And then, yeah, that would, yeah okay, so that's, that's yeah, yeah. most on aware that's a difference. Yeah, yeah. So if somebody leaves... Um, a card in a fishbowl to win a competition, uh, that's not a sales qualified lead. That, that, that's what I would call a marketing qualified lead. Sure. Makes sense. And you mentioned the scorecard before, or yeah. they score their leads from sort of warm to cold. Yeah. Um, and is that something that, who would be responsible for doing that, do you think, sort of afterwards? Um, that should be part of the um, both the sales and the marketing mix, to be honest. I mean, we have a scorecard uh, on our website and we regularly use that in our uh, you know, seminars and um, things that we do where we get people to have a look at, you know, where the gaps are in their exhibition strategy. Yeah. Um, so and that can be used um, in the email follow-up that should be you know a staple if, if you're a service-based business that should be a staple on your website and also as part of your um, marketing collateral um, so but the salespeople can also use it as a diagnostic tool okay uh, before they actually set up the meeting uh, so if you know okay. that you have a meeting coming up to save time uh, having to go through like a Spanish Inquisition type um, uh, process, why not send them an assessment before the meeting? Uh, so you've got collected all of the data uh, before uh, you actually meet them and then you're prepared. You've got all of the key points that you need to be able to uh, focus on in your meeting. Sure. Thank you. I should say if anything else is watching, please let us know where you're watching from. Um, and if you have any questions for Lee or even myself well, we'll try and answer them um okay so you've, you've left the show and you know you've got a bunch of leads some you've agreed uh to speak to what can you be doing to bridge the gap between the end of the exhibition and the follow-up process uh I think yeah planting seeds so like I said the scorecard is one such tool Okay. Um, and then obviously there's other really neat little things that you can do. I mean, if you have a really hot lead, uh, send them a personal handwritten note, thanking them for the meeting, um, you know, surprise them. Okay. Maybe instead of giving something like a giveaway at the booth, send it in the post. 
Yeah. Um, so there's lots and lots of different ways where you can put a personal touch uh, in the thing. Invite them to an event. Okay. Invite them to maybe a seminar or webinar. Uh, and the key, key thing I'm trying to say here is that uh, keep your company at the top of the mind after the event. Okay. So yeah. you've created an experience at the booth. Okay. And they'll actually remember that for about 48 hours. And after that 48 hours, you need to uh, keep, um, you know, giving them some information, keep that connection going so that you're always at the top of the mind. Because remember, um, mm. they've actually, they would have met 30, 40, 50 different companies. Okay. Yeah. Some of them are your competitors. Okay. So um, make your approach something different and not yeah. be like everyone else. I think also it's important if, you know, you've got a company that exhibits, never mind the delegates going to multiple shows. Yeah. yeah. The company that exhibits, especially, you know, we, there are certain time frames where there are lots and lots of trade shows, right? So, yeah. you know, you might be going to, from one trade to another yourself. So having a process yeah. where, you know, you're getting those leads into a proper, um, you know, management tool, uh, having a yeah. pipeline to follow up before the next one, because before you know it, you'll have leads on top of leads on top of leads. Yeah. Um, and they can easily just sort of uh, disappear. So we've all been to shows where either we're exhibitors or we're talking to exhibitors. Um, you know, we're a delegate and we might have had a great conversation on the booth, but then, you know, you're grinning. <laughs> then, like, you know, we got, <laughs> I approach Lee, you know, I, you approached, you, you had a booth, I stumbled across you. I really wanted to use your services. We spoke for hours. Uh, you thought I was going to be your best ever client, and then I sort of disappeared afterwards. Why do you think that happens? Yeah, this frequently happens at yeah. uh, international exhibitions, actually, okay. uh, because people want to be polite and they want to have a conversation with you. Um, and I've experienced this personally, where we had uh, an event in Dubai and we had a, a great conversation. Um, uh, with um, uh, this person and we even got them to commit to a meeting straight away uh, yeah. and we went to their premises for a meeting oh, wow. uh, and um, when we came back we couldn't get hold of them and um, you know we tried everything telephone emails and and we wrote it off because I think it was we came to the conclusion that uh, they were too afraid to say no because we were um, yeah. obviously from overseas. Uh, they didn't want to say no. They didn't want to disagree with us. Um, and some cultures are like that, okay? So, and they don't want to actually disagree with you. They will listen to everything that you say politely. They will ask you questions. Yeah. Um, and uh, sometimes they're just trying to be polite, okay? They don't want you, uh, they don't want to say no and let you down or something like that. Or they haven't got the confidence to say no. Uh, so when you're doing these at international exhibitions, always take that into account um, and uh, make sure that um, you are asking the right questions and you're actually getting that commitment and actually uh, getting them, um, you know, asking questions that will actually determine uh, and let you know how committed they are to the conversation. Okay, yeah. because uh, it, it's so easy as a salesperson um, to really go through your pitch and get really excited because they're all nodding and they're agreeing with everything that you say. Um, 
and then you get caught up in that moment. But I think what you should always do is obviously check in with them during the pitch and check their commitment uh, in terms of how they want to proceed. So it's a yeah. usual thing that happens. And I've seen that happen with our clients, uh, with myself personally as well. Um, so it's just a case of asking better questions and getting commitment from them during the conversation. Yeah, I think I think the term is called ghosting. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll ghosting. We'll be ghosted, <laughs> wouldn't we? Where seemingly everything's, ha- everything's going well and then it sort of disappears. Mm. It was mm. happening in our personal lives. <laughs> yeah, it's not um, personal. Yeah. No. Well, that that's the other thing. It's actually not to take yeah. it personally, isn't it? Because yeah, you know, absolutely. Sales, yeah. sales can be an emotional, um, emotional thing. Um, we spoke about sales and marketing qualified leads. Does that mean that both departments should hold accountability? Do you think of the follow up process? And also, if we talk about when do you think we should plan it, is it a collaborative effort beforehand, before you, you go on site to exhibit? Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely. I think both departments need to take accountability uh, uh, for both sets of leads. Um, And there needs to be uh, one authority on uh, who takes ownership of the whole follow-up process, whether it's both uh, marketing qualified leads and sales qualified leads. There should be someone with an oversight um, to drive through um uh, and get the momentum because it's so easy as you probably know dan to lose that uh, to lose that momentum because um you every day every day yeah (laughs) 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 absolutely um so it's so easy to lose momentum but if you actually have someone responsible uh to actually uh, to oversee the whole of the follow-up process uh, then they can be in a position to drive through, ask people where they're up to in that stage, keep an eye on the uh, the metrics, um, yeah. uh, and, and, and that's quite important. But uh, I think it's very important that you know marketing and sales um, not work in silos and actually work together uh, to actually make it a seamless process in terms of follow-up. Because um, if one department is doing one thing and sales is doing something else and they're not talking to each other, yeah. uh, that's where you're going to have a complete breakdown and nobody will actually know uh, what's actually happening. And uh, all the leads will go into a black hole, yeah. uh, which is commonly what actually happens with a lot of businesses. Yeah. So do you, you as expert stars, do you yourselves work with exhibitors after the exhibition um on these sort of things tactics that they can be implementing yeah we give we give them advice uh, we yeah. don't do the legwork no. for them no, no, <laughs> i mean like the strategies uh, strategies to, yeah yeah, to yeah. Follow up. so yeah. yeah absolutely so as part of the ceo framework yeah. uh, what they get is a complete start to finish uh, journey from um looking at how exhibitions align with our business growth strategy all the way to actually planning the follow-up process and signing on the dotted line. So yeah. um, we look at, you know, uh, what are the four or five touch points after the event, the key yeah. touch points, okay? Uh, and then obviously we um, uh, look at ways how we can actually implement that in their CRM systems uh, so that they can actually identify what the conversion rates are so that there is always learning uh, to be actually had. Um, so if they go, if they do uh, one event next month, for example, mm-hmm. and they look at the metric six months later, then they can actually see that, oh, uh, a lot of the leads dropped off after the discovery call. 
yeah. so then what we can do is look at why was that okay so and that's how you actually improve uh, your exhibiting processes by looking at you know where the where the gaps were where the uh, fall uh, fallouts were and where um, you know where the success was so if you're doing something really well so you emphasize that more at your next event and if you did something really badly and you found that after the event um, you know the salespeople weren't doing their job then obviously you need to change cool. that makes sense and um so what, what else we got coming up with we've sadly reached the end um yeah. uh and what else have you got coming up for expertise what what tell us your plans for the next next half of the year yeah so we've got a lot of uh it's been great that the exhibition industry has rebounded uh so well uh so we've had a, a record quarter two um uh with lots and lots of bookings uh quarter three is uh picking up so we've uh, uh got several orders for bauma in munich uh, which is a fantastic okay. seven day event uh which is great um then we've what's got that event the... on what's it on sorry what what's, uh, what's... bauma is uh, one of the leading um machinery events so like power plant machinery and all of this yeah, yeah. so and cool. it's one of the big ones like a seven day show as well which is quite long for a trade yeah, show yeah. but you yeah. know in germany they love their trade shows so <laughs> yeah uh, um so good, good for you, you know, that's think, good one. and then good all the pharmaceutical shows are coming back as well uh which is great to see so we're taking bookings for cool. esc eurotina all of these conferences as well amazing so if you want to reach Lee, then head to expostyles.com or follow Lee on LinkedIn. Uh, and I'm sure I'll be happy to provide you with some advice as to how you should best exhibit at these fantastic international shows. So thanks everyone watching live and on demand. This was Dan Assor and Lee Ali, special broadcasts about successful trade show engagement for exhibitors. Um, check out the socials for more uh, episodes. Head to expostyles.com and danassor.com for a uh, Lots of other content. Thank you, Dan. Bye, everyone. Thank you.